this week's Adam Schefter podcast, it's time for the Combine. And it's going to be another busy week in the NFL, just as last week was a busy week in the NFL. But last week was busy in a way that nobody would have imagined. One of the most powerful people in the NFL, one of the most powerful people in sports, Robert Kraft, was charged with solicitation down in South Florida. It was something that very few people, if any, saw coming, that somebody as respected as Robert Kraft could be involved in anything like this. Now, his spokesperson came out and said that he did nothing illegal and categorically denied that he had done anything illegal. But the fact of the matter is his name has been connected to this ring that has gone on in South Florida that we're going to continue to learn more and more about in the days and weeks to come. And that's going to put more pressure on the NFL to potentially discipline Robert Kraft if some of these charges turn out to be true, if some of the information is accurate, and then clearly where people wonder about how the NFL will discipline a certain player. We've seen it with the Saints in the offseason, with Bounty Gate. We've seen it with the Patriots in the offseason, with Deflate Gate. We've seen it with Ezekiel Elliott in Dallas. Now, the subject of that discussion this offseason is going to be the New England Patriots owner, Robert Kraft. We'll be following that and have plenty more to say in the days and weeks to come. But as for this week's podcast, we begin to look ahead to the offseason. And it's Combine Week. And it's also almost the start of free agency. So to discuss both, we're going to have on the Rams running back, C.J. Anderson, who stepped in and provided a big boost to the Rams offense as they won the NFC Championship and advanced to the Super Bowl. Anderson is scheduled to become a free agent in March. And with the combine kicking off, we'll be joined by the fine Michigan inside linebacker, Devin Bush, who will be one of the top linebackers picked in the draft in April. And he's about to embark upon the next chapter of his NFL career. But first, CJ Anderson. Hello, CJ. What's good, man? What kind of time is this for you as you get ready for the start of free agency? Uh, it's, a, it's a busy moment. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that I'm doing right now, obviously. Uh, working out, getting back in the playing, getting back in a better playing shape than I'm used to playing at. Uh, swimming and cycling right now um, until I find a team for all-season workouts to, uh, to really um, nail down on that. And then um, just doing a bunch of things for our foundation, just trying to keep my mind off of it. Obviously, this is the first time uh, in my career that I've get a chance to hit free agency with the correct timing, and uh, I'm excited, and we'll see what goes from here. Well, hold on a second here. Didn't you sign an offer sheet with the Miami Dolphins at one point? Weren't you a free agent then, or were you a restricted free agent, and you're not counting that? I was a restricted free agent. I'm kind of not counting it because it wasn't, you know, the rules are different when you're restricted compared to being unrestricted. And, uh, you know, even though there were some teams that was interested in me back then in uh, 2015, I believe, um, you know, it was a team that streamed back then, but it was only so much in my control that I can have. And now, uh, you know, I got total control of what's going on. And, you know, I can make uh, the best decision uh, on what I see fit and we'll go from there. See, because back in 2015, just to remind people, you are a restricted free agent. You signed an offer sheet with the Dolphins. The Denver Broncos decided to match that four-year, $18 million offer sheet. And so you remained the Denver Broncos property. Right. Yes. So what? what So what are you looking for now as you assess the playing 
feel the landscape of free agency. What would be an ideal situation for you, CJ? Uh, well, going into year seven uh, was crazy. Um, just being undrafted and going into year seven, uh, obviously you want an opportunity to play. Um, those are always great, whether that's sharing carries or whether that's carrying the load. Obviously I've done both in my career. Um, you know, the, the good thing about it is you want, you want another opportunity to compete for championships. Um, I think that's another reason. Um, you know, you want to try to pick a team uh, that, that, that's a couple pieces away, and hopefully you can add pieces into that role. Um, you know, you want to look for good locker room and good coaching staff and things of that nature. It's something that I've learned. And then, uh, you know, finally, obviously, you want to make a little bit. You want to make a little bit of money that can, that can help you. Obviously, I'm, I'm 28 years old. And this is probably the last time uh, – you know, I'll, I'll see a, a, another deal of, you know, whatever magnitude that will be, we'll see. But, um, you know, that those are the things that uh, that you kind of look for. You know, I got a daughter that'll be here in April, so you want to you want to try to put, you know, whether it's a long-term deal in the security, you want to put her and my family in the best position. So that's some of the things that I, I think about going into free agency. A baby girl in April, CJ? Yes. <laughs> First child? First child, yes. And how do you feel about that? I'm ready. You know, I grew up uh, inner city kid, single parent home, no father. So, just want to be the dad that uh, that I never had, and you know, make sure that, that my daughter don't feel none of the feelings that I was feeling when I was young. And, uh, do everything I can, and uh, you know, it's good to have great mentors, and it's a feeling, it's gonna be a feeling to take the razor. But um, I'm excited, and I'm as ready. You know, with seven weeks left, I'm, I'm as ready as I have to be uh, to, to try to be the best father I can be. You know, I remember when my wife was pregnant with our daughter, there was a member of the Denver Broncos staff, a longtime employee, who came over to me when he found out that I was having a girl, and he said, a son is your son until he takes his wife. Your daughter's your daughter for the rest of your life. Amen. That's that's powerful. Now, I believe that. Everybody who's had, uh, even Peter, you know, my, my agent, everybody who's had daughters, um, teammates uh, that I've had in the past, Chris Harris and Akeem and everybody who's uh you know who's had daughters have said that it's been the the most joyful relationship um, father daughter relationship. So can't wait, you know, can't wait to get here. Can't wait to grow that and uh, and give her everything that was taught to me and hopefully um you know raise a beautiful young woman. And you're going into free agency to get her a new contract at the right time because you're coming off a season where you finished very strong for the Los Angeles Rams. I had another front office executive describe you as Jerome Bettis 2.0. Basically, you go and play a couple of games for the Rams in the regular season, 43 carries, 299 yards, two touchdowns, going to the postseason, 46 more carries, 189 more yards, two more touchdowns. And so in a year in which you were released by various teams, the Panthers, the Raiders, you go and show that you have a lot left in that 28-year-old running back body of yours. What do you think teams saw from you with the finish that you had this year with the Rams? I think it's just some of the things that, that, that's been on my career. You know, I go back, um, and I've talked about this, I just go back to the 2017 season when I rushed for 1,000 yards. Um, you know, there were games, you know, you look at the how the season went, uh, you know, we opened up the game against, uh, it was a, I think it was the San Diego Chargers at the time. It could have been in L.A., I can't remember. But um, we opened up a game against the Chargers, and I had 20 carries um, and was very productive in that game. And then week two, 
um, against the Cowboys. I've had I had 25 carries and it was productive. And then we played Buffalo and only had nine, eight, eight carries. And then we turned around and played against Oakland and had 20 carries and be productive. And I just think, um, you know, the season was kind of that way um, that pushed me out of that pushed me over a thousand yards in 2017. And I think it's a it was the same way. You know, I got the opportunity. Um, whenever I've shown to get the opportunity with the right amount of touches, whatever, you know, how many touches that is, um, you know, I've been productive. And, uh, you know, that's just has been the base of my career. I haven't been the, the, the Ezekiel Elliott or Le'Veon Bell or, yeah. or Ty Gurley who's getting, you know, they, 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 you know, you know they're getting 22 touches some time away, whether it was run or pass. Um, I haven't had that type of workload since, you know, since I was, uh, you know, Denver in 2014. Um, when Monte and Ronnie got hurt, and I became the full-time guy, um, you know that's when I was getting about twenty. I was averaging about twenty-one touches a game. So I just think uh, I just try to show everybody what the right amount of opportunity um, that I can still play this game at a high level. And uh, with those opportunities, I've done nothing than what I've ever done in the past is just try to be productive and pick up as many first downs as I can and help the team win in a lot of ways with blitz protection and, and things of that nature. You know what people should know about you too, CJ is that not only are you physically capable, but you're mentally capable. And talking to the Rams, the one thing that they said to me was, you can really tell when somebody's played with Peyton Manning. It shows up in the way he plays the game and in pass protection. What did you learn playing with the Sheriff number 18 in Denver? Uh, tremendous. I mean, uh, just a great mentor to me. Uh, I think I've always had... Uh, uh, I've been called a football junkie. You know, I think I've always loved the game enough where I've tried to study it at a high level. And then when I got the opportunity in 2013 to, to play with probably one of the best, you know, preparers on the planet, um, it just took the game to another level. And how he covers it, uh, how he gives different tendencies of what's going on. You know, those film sessions I learned a lot. You know, not even him, though. You play with guys like Champ Bailey and DeMarcus Ware and take things from the defense perspective, too. Mm. I think that's enhanced my game a lot more. You know, like I said, I'm not the, the, the fastest guy on the planet or, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not the 90-yard the home run, you know, or the, or the crazy athleticism that you see with guys like Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley. But, um, you know, being productive all throughout my whole career with four yards of carry and, uh, you know, understanding the game and, and where to go, uh, pretty much seeing the game before it happens, is something that's been my competitive advantage and, uh you know, I try to keep that at a high level. You bring up some of these other backs that you played with. And you played with Christian McCaffrey this year. And you played out in Oakland. They had a multitude of backs. And then you played in Los Angeles with Todd Gurley. What stood out to you about all these backs that you played with this past year and in other years as well, CJ? I just think learning, you know, from, from Sean Marino, it was, you know, back when I, when I was a rookie learning from Sean, um, you know, he had a really good knack of getting on the edge of guys and breaking tackles. Obviously, uh, you know, he was super athletic earlier, but then the injuries kind of slowed him down. But um, that's one thing I learned from Sean. And then, uh, you know, you, you take it to guys like um, Christian McCaffrey, um, you know, Ty Gurley, just the, the, the athleticism that they play with, but how they get open to certain routes, you know. And, you know, people, it's crazy. I get a knock on, you know, he doesn't catch the ball out of the backfield well or he doesn't catch the ball out of the backfield at all. Where I did a lot of that, you know, 2013 to 2015, uh, based on the system that we were running with Gates. So it's, um, you know, and I, you know, catching the ball out of the backfield, lining up in the slot, and some of the things that I've done, and, and asking those questions and seeing how they can leverage, you know, um, it's just that other mental part of the game. But but playing with those guys who 
who have the athleticism to put that mental into it too. Um, you know, it's good to talk to them and tell you what they see. And C-Mac are probably one of the best at it. Um, just in the 10 weeks I spent with him and, um, you know, the, how he came to work every day, how he came to practice, at it, even though he was only in his second year, just how he saw leverages and to beat coverages. Um, you know, he understands the game of football really well, and obviously his athleticism helps with that. So I learned a lot from those backs, and, you know, I'm going to keep learning from, from, from players around the league that, that I got high respect for. Uh, hopefully that helps me out. You know, you bring up Adam Gase, and that made me think. Back in the 2016 offseason, the winter of 2016 after the 2015 season, you did sign that four-year $18 million offer sheet that we talked about with the Dolphins. Adam Gase was the head coach. Adam Gase was with you in Denver. He knows the kind of back you are. Adam Gase is now the head coach of the New York Jets. The New York Jets need a running back, CJ. How would you feel about finally being reunited with Adam Gase in New York? Uh, there's there's a lot of coaches. As I've said before, you know, people ask about Coach McVay and what's made him so special, and it's the receptiveness. And I've heard that. I got that from the first time with Gase. Um, you know, even though he was playing with Peyton Manning, just some of the command and the control that, that he had with 18, um, obviously – 18 was they were back and forth, but you know there were times where Adam, you know, called certain plays that 18 trusted and ran, and 18 trusted him, and that speaks volume of who Goose is and, and what and what Gates can do. Um, obviously, we call him Goose, that's his nickname, but what Gates can do, and uh, you know, it'll be it'll be fun. I mean, obviously, you, you want to resign with the Rams. I think uh, you know being in LA was was a great fit and things of that nature. But if the opportunity came to go play with the Jets and go and go be reunited with Gates. Um, I think it wouldn't hurt me at all just because we have the familiarity. And um, even when I watch the TV, you know, I probably should say this, but even though when I watch TV, uh, when I watch his games, when he was in Miami on TV, and sometimes you can hear Ryan Tannehill make certain calls, and some of those calls are the same, it'd be the offense that I, that I already know, so that makes transition a lot easier. So you knew what was coming, sort of like Tony Romo? Almost, just about. Romo's a, Romo shows that he's uh He's a, he's a film junkie. Romo is, <laughs> is, is pretty, pretty interesting at what he did. Not to know any of those any of those offenses. He gets the game of football. That's what you see with Romo. But with, with, with some of the things that, that Goose did that he didn't change, um, you know, I can catch up on it. You know, it, it's, it's pretty cool to see it when it came to life. But you knew what was coming when the Dolphins were called to play sometimes, correct? I did. I did. I mean, even the even the, the last play of the game against New England when they had to pitch with Drake – Knew the play call, knew what it was. It was kind of executed a little bit differently, but um, it was a, it was the same exact play we ran before in the past. So, if you knew, do you think the defense knew? I, I will hope they don't know. <laughs> obviously, I was in the system for for three years with him, so uh, obviously I got it. But I will hope they don't know because if they know now, then uh, it's going to be a tough season for him. So well, I hope if, they don't know. If you do sign with New York, you got to have Adam switch up some of those calls. I think maybe. Just a couple. That's, that's why. That's why it's a lot of you know. That's why the dictionary and encyclopedia is a lot of words out there. We can, we can relate to it. <laughs> so now you are about to hit the free agent market. It's an interesting free agent running back market, CJ. We've got Le'Veon Bell. We've got Tevin Coleman. We've got you. We've got some good backs out there. What would you tell teams is something about you that makes you attractive over these other backs? Uh, that's tough. I mean, you got, you know, like you said, Tevin Coleman had a hell of a season this year, and Mark Ingram, um, is, he's been playing at a high level, uh, you know, and then Le'Veon Bell is, is super special. I just think, 
Um, for me, it's just the leadership in the locker room, the veteran presence that I bring. I think the cerebral game that I bring to it, um, you know, suggestions. I never try to step on coaches' toes. This coach is coaching players play, but just certain suggestions that I see about the game um, because I've had so many snaps and see so many different coverages, um, different ways to help in protection that just to try to keep um, quarterbacks on their feet. And obviously, um, you know, if you play with a team with a young quarterback, um, just getting him up to, you know, getting him up to speed on different things and what I see out there. Um, I think the cerebral part of the game is my competitive advantage. And that's what I can bring into the table as far as the leadership and stuff. And then, um, Obviously, what I've been doing, just trying to be productive, you know, stay over four yards of carry, um, you know, try to pick up as many first downs as I can, uh, definitely pick up the blitz protection to keep the QB on the feet so we can throw the ball down the field. So that's, um, you know, football is a, it's a very, you know, it's, it's crazy complicated as people see, but it's a very simple game. It's, you know, that's a win game, being efficient in the red zone, which obviously running the football helps and being efficient in the run helps. And then on third down, picking up third down, staying in guys' offenses and some of that comes with, you know, so there's defenses that, that that have blitz, you know, on third down, certain down, down in different situations. And I think understanding those situations and knowing when that's coming and picking it up, uh, you know, goes a long way in this league. It's hard to listen to you and to watch you play and to think that you bounced around the league this year the way that you did. How does that happen? That the Panthers cut you, the Raiders cut you, and it takes that long before you finally can find a home in Los Angeles with the Rams? I just think it's time and circumstance. Uh, obviously, you know you look at you look you look at some of the teams, you know who's released some of their players. Um, even the Broncos, you know who released you know some of their players. You know Brandon Marshall got released, you know right before free agency. And I think last year it was just a timing thing. You know I was released well after free agency, where you know the draft was around the corner, um, and people were waiting. There was a good running back draft coming out. People were waiting on that because obviously I'm, I'm not as cheap, you know, super cheap as I used to be. Um, I guess, you know, on, on the business side of things. And then get to Carolina and, you know, you think you're going to get the one-two punch with Christian, but obviously, obviously Christian emerged into the back that they drafted and what he wanted to become and being an every-down back um, and catching the ball, protecting the quarterback and running the ball efficiently well. And then um, we got to Oakland and, you know, I was supposed to be there for Doug Martin who was hurt to end up playing that Sunday and, Another time and circumstances came up again with two alignment going down, and they had to bring one up in practice squad and, and, and sign a guy they released earlier that year. So I just got there. That was fresh. And then I eventually found a home uh, with the L.A. Rams, and they ended up working out. So I think this time around, the timing and the, and the circumstance is, is better in my favor than yep. what it was um, starting back this time last year, back in 2017 season, back in 2018 off season. Um, when I got released from the Broncos, I think timing and the situation is a is a whole lot better, and hopefully, um, you know, I can find a home to sustain. You bring up the Rams, and it's a situation where basically you go in there and you impress the players that you did. There was a lot of conversation about Todd Gurley. I know I've been asked more than anybody else about Todd Gurley and his situation there, right? Was he hurt? Was he not hurt, CJ? What's the deal? So he was hurt when I got there. He was definitely hurt when I got there, which was week 16. And, uh, you know, that's what I tried to explain to a couple of people. Like, when I got there week 16, uh, he was fine. Uh, he was hurt. In week 17, he actually was better. But, um, you know, he said he was going, you know, he was going to take the two weeks. You know, obviously, 
I, I played well in Arizona. That gave him enough confidence to take another week off on it. Um, so that helped him. But then when we got to Dallas, he was perfectly fine. You know, uh, obviously some of the runs that he had earlier in the game were physical, and then he bust out with the 35-yarder that um, that helped us, you know, put us up top, you know, that put us up top for four, um, you know, with some of the bursts. And then just some of the little runs throughout the game. At the end, another 18-yard run. Um, we bounced off a couple tackles. So um, he was healthy going in. And I just think in the New Orleans, um, you know, the game the game started okay. And then when he, you know, obviously – he didn't play as well as he know he should have played, and I think that probably got to him. That's just my guess. Yep. Obviously, you know, a caliber of his player don't drop any passes, drop him two. Um, you know, he probably got down on himself quick. Obviously, as an ultimate, you know, he said it perfect after the game. It's an ultimate team sport, and we picked him up. And then I'm um, just in the Super Bowl. I mean, none of us really got going. Me or him. Um, you know, I think we only had 17 carries between the both of us, and um, you know, that's nothing on on us. We only but we control, but as far as him being healthy when he got to the playoff, he was there. But was he hurt? Um, probably a little bit more than what he thought when I first got there in uh, December 18th. I think that was the case, but I do think the month off helped him a lot. So in the Super Bowl, primarily, you believe he was healthy? I believe he was totally healthy. I mean, I think, if, I, if, I, if I'm making the count right, I think he had more snaps than me in the Super Bowl, but I don't think we had a lot of snaps as an offense in the whole. So it, it was tough. You know, I think we only had 20-some snaps in the first half, and we might have finished the game with 50 or 55 plays where you got to give credit to New England defense. It's no different than when we played Dallas. Dallas didn't have a lot of snaps uh, on their end either. Uh, and, you know, when usually when you play games where the offense is less efficient than snaps, that means they're not staying on the field and staying in drive. But uh, during the Super Bowl, he was completely healthy. I just don't think any of us was uh, – we couldn't get the rhythm because we just went on the field long enough to get them with a lot of three-play drives, five-play drives, uh, you know, that doesn't help anybody. Got a final prediction for me, CJ, about where you think you might end up this offseason? Care to I don't venture know. a guess? I don't know. Uh, I don't even know what's going on now. My agent wouldn't tell me anything. Uh, I just, you know, I'm keeping my head down, just, just continue to keep grinding, um, you know, and uh, try to put myself in the best position so when that time comes, wherever I'm at, um, I can go help a team win the championship, uh, help a team you know, whether that's win championship or change the culture or whatever that team is asking me to do, you know, be ready for that role in that environment. You know, if it's shared carries again with TG, that's something I would love to do. Um, obviously, if I do go back to the Rams, it's still tied team and tied. If he still wants to take all the snaps, he can. But uh, um, like you said, I think I've, I've shown enough where uh, I can go carry it on my own. And if I get that opportunity, then we'll take that opportunity too. Well, CJ, good luck in free agency and more important, good luck in April with the birth of your first child, the daughter. She'll be your daughter the rest of your life, and I wish you the best with that. Thank you so much, man. We'll be back in a moment with Michigan's linebacker, Devin Bush. But first, I want to tell you about ZipRecruiter. Hiring used to be hard. Multiple job sites, stacks of resumes, a confusing review process. But today, hiring can be easy, and you only have to go to one place to get it done. ZipRecruiter.com slash ASP. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply to your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. 
And right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash ASP. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash ASP. ZipRecruiter.com slash ASP. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Devin. What's up? How you doing? How you doing? I'm doing good. What is this whole experience been like for you getting ready for this week? It's such an important week in your life and the life of all these young college football players who are going to Indianapolis to impress these pro teams that could be drafting them. Yeah, I mean, this whole process has been surreal, honestly, because uh, we kind of know what, what you're working towards. And, you know, getting to this week, you know, this week was going to come. And uh, you knew you had to get yourself ready. So the whole process has been, you know, surreal and, and, and you know, a lot of dedication. And it's, just, it's just a lot to take in at one time, you know. But, um, you know, it's just it's just real fun, you know, being out here with all this talent and, and being around the guys you've seen on TV and, and you played against, you know, just to see them as a person and uh, get to really meet them and work out with them. Like who? Um, you know, just guys like Tyrell Dobson. You know, you got A.J. Brown, D.K., uh, Tavon Coney, uh, who else? Guys, Paris Campbell, Johnny Dixon, Debo Samuels. Just, just the list of those guys. You know, just highly rated guys. You know, around the college football. You know. And you brought up the word surreal twice. What is the most yeah. surreal part of the whole process, Devin? Uh, just the fact that you're you're, you're working towards the the combine. You know, some you've been, you've been watching on TV since you was kids, and uh, you know, just dreaming about it. You know. You always wanted to be the person to work out and, and get invited to the combine and, and be able to perform there on national TV. So, you know, just the fact that you're getting ready to do those exact things, you know, it's kind of crazy. Like, wow, man, like I was just dreaming about that, you know, when I was eight years old. Have people? This is not a pleasant weekend for players, Devin. You know that, right? The players are poked, prodded, probed, long, tedious, taxing weekend. Not a fun week for you. You know that, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what have you been told about it? Um, like the same things, you know, it's, it's going to be, a, it's going to be a stressful four days, you know, it's going to be long days, uh, and, and it's not creative for you to go out there and perform your best. You know, you're going to be under some stress. You're going to be under some pressure because all the, everything you got to do, you know, with, with, with getting pulled on by doctors or being at the hospital to do MRIs, waiting for, for four hours for one scan and coming back and doing interviews at night all the way till 11 o'clock, but you still got to be able to eat and, and hydrate and, and go see, you know, the trainers and stuff, if you have a little mix and, and you're not feeling good, to get yourself ready. So it's going to be a whole lot of ups and downs and you know, just being pulled through a whole bunch of stressful, you know, situations. You have been previewed about it. Your father, Devin Bush, as well, he was a first-round draft pick back in 1995 for the Atlanta Falcons, played for the Rams, played for the Browns, played through the 2002 season. He coached you in high school as well. What has he told you about this week and this process that leads up to the draft in April? Yeah, he was just—he was just pretty much saying the same thing. He was just like, you know, at, at the same time, you're going to be getting pulled on by these doctors, and it's going to be very stressful. The teams are going to try to try to take that element and see how you react to different situations. But he said, at the end of the day, you know, you're still going to have fun. You're going to be out there with a bunch of guys that you know, and you're just getting to meet. So you're going to have fun at the same time. Devin, there are a lot of Michigan players headed to the Combine this week. If you could cite one, who's the guy that most impressed you during your time at school there as a guy that you believe is going to make a great NFL player? Uh, 
uh, it's, it's 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 probably two. Like uh, everybody that that's from Michigan is gonna have a, a great combine. Uh, but guys like Karan Higdon that doesn't get as much recognition, you know, as he should. Uh, he's gonna do very well at the combine. He's mm-hmm. gonna be one of the guys that's that's gonna be a, a big role player on any team he gets on. And opponent-wise, I like to ask this: Who's the toughest guy that you've gone against that you think will have an excellent NFL career? Um, wow, I probably have to go with uh, Dwayne Haskins from uh, Ohio State. He was uh, he was he was really good when we played against him, and uh, he broke a lot of records that that year too. And uh, he was better than than I expected, and we expected as a uh, as a team. So I think he's going to be, you know, whichever team he goes to, I'm pretty sure he's going to be a team that needs a quarterback. He's, I think he's going to, you know, make some noise. Devin, you bring up Dwayne Haskins, the Ohio State quarterback, and you say he was better than you expected. What most impressed you about his play? Uh, his composure. Uh, he was very composed. He, he didn't let the, the hype during the week, you know, kind of shake him up a little bit. You know, he kept his composure and he, he made some, some good throws and, you know, he, he took us down the field a couple times. I think he may be the top quarterback picked in this draft, him or Kyler Murray. We'll have to see which one goes first. Yeah. You are a five foot eleven, two hundred and forty pound linebacker. Tell us who you model your game after. Um uh, as a as a kid I kinda modeled my game after three people. It was Clay Matthews, Ray Lewis, and Patrick Willis. That's that's the three people I really wanted to be. So I kind of model my game behind those three and kind of just do things in the similar ways that they do it. And how is that? Um, like, I, like, I love Clay Matthews' motor. I love his energy. You know, I, I love what he brings, you know, to the defense. And I love Pac, Pac, Patrick Willis' sideline side and sideline speed and his tackling ability, his playmaking ability. And I like Ray Lewis's leadership and, you know, how he, he takes command in the whole defense. And he's just a true leader out there. Have you ever had the chance to meet any of those three players, those three linebackers? Uh, I met I met Ray Lewis a number of times. Uh, he's actually good friends with one of my high school coaches, and he's good friends with my father as well. You know, they hung out a lot. So I met with uh, Ray Lewis and spoke to him numerous times. And, uh, yeah, Derek Brooks actually is my godfather, so I talked to him also too. Derek Brooks is your godfather? Yeah. Oh, because your dad and him played together at Florida State? Yep, it was roommates. And what have you learned from your godfather, who's not only a great, was a great linebacker, but is a great man? Yeah, um, you know, we, we check in, man. He just he just talks about life. He's a big life guy, you know. He's big on the sport as well, but you know, he's just big on life. You know, the sport is almost like life. You gonna have your ups, you gonna have your downs. You have to work through some things, you know, to get what you really want. You know, he's just saying like, keep your head straight, man, and always know what you want, and always go for what you want. Not to bring up unpleasant memories, Devin, but what was it like to go into Columbus this year and come out with another loss? And I can ask that as a Michigan man, not trying to rub your face in or anything like that. Yeah, um, it was it was it was very disappointing. Uh, we were we were on a, we were on a hot seat, man. We was we was riding high. You know, we had we had a lot of momentum going into that game, and uh, we, we was our mission was to you know turn the tables and, and, and break that streak. And, uh, you know, things didn't go as planned. So it was very disappointing, you know, leaving Columbus, you know, last game of the season and then going out with a loss. What's it going to take to change that streak against Ohio State? Yeah, man, we just, we just gotta, we just gotta keep our composure, man. We just gotta, 
play each game like it's a regular game and, and go out there and execute. And that, that's the biggest thing, just executing. Now, Devin, as we get ready for the draft, what will you bring to an NFL team that drafts you? Uh, a leader, definitely a leader. Uh, a guy that loves football, a guy that has high energy, and a guy that loves to win. And uh, win is the biggest thing in my book. And, uh, and playing as a team is also a big thing in my book. So I'm, I'm going to be a true leader. I'm going to be a great guy in the locker room, you know, a great guy on and off the field. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm going out there to win every game. Any preference about where you wind up? I know you don't have a say in it, but there might be an ideal scenario that appeals most to you. Um, not really. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm just going to be thankful for whoever drafts me and, you know, whoever takes that chance. And so. And when do you get to Indianapolis? Tuesday? Uh, I leave Wednesday. What's the first thing that happens once you get to Indianapolis? Uh, I think I think we got to go do some medical things right off the plane. So I think that's what we got to do. Get get ready for a full week of that, Devin. It's going to be very, very busy. <laughs> yeah, I know. I've been hearing a whole bunch of stories. <laughs> hey, Devin, thanks very much for taking the time to join us. Good luck in Indianapolis. Hopefully I got the chance to say hello to you in person there. And we'll be following you, tracking you, and pulling for you leading up to the NFL draft. Thank you. And so there's the fine Michigan linebacker, Devin Bush, as he gets ready to head off to Indianapolis for this week's scouting combine. Thanks to Devin Bush. Thanks to C.J. Anderson, the Rams free agent running back who's about to become a free agent and a dad. So a big offseason ahead for C.J. Anderson. As for us, we are off to the Combine in Indianapolis, where we are scheduled to speak to many big names, head coaches, general managers, and you'll be hearing those interviews in the weeks ahead on the Adam Schefter Podcast. And thank you, the listener, for tuning in again this week. Please join us again next week from Indianapolis. Thanks again, everybody.